The Fake Show is brought to you by Threads of Envy, the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. John Taylor is the bass player and founding member of Duran Duran, and he also enjoyed great success in the Power Station with the late great Robert Palmer. Another crowning achievement for John and the band last year being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now they're gearing up for their future past tour with a stop here in Las Vegas as I've got John Taylor joining me right now from the UK. Hi, Jim. John, welcome. We're very much looking forward to seeing you here in Las Vegas in August at the T-Mobile Arena. Have you guys played there before? No, never. Yeah, you'll love it. The sound is perfect. I've seen uh, quite a few shows there. You know, I saw you at a small hall in Milwaukee when you guys were just starting out, and you were brilliant. I mean, I you could tell this is going to be a big band. Do you ever miss the uh, intimacy of a smaller venue like that? Because your production's so big now. Uh, I love a big production. Yeah. You know, it just means you can you can create on a, on a, in a big, big way. But there was something about those first tours, the first couple of years. There was a certain anonymity, and uh, uh-huh. you'd, um, you know, you'd make friends. You know, you, you'd do the gig, and you'd go back to somebody's apartment, right. hang out, and listen to music. You know, uh-huh. um, I mean, there was nothing. I mean, coming to America for the first time, second time. You know, eighty-one, eighty-two. I mean, that was that was a unique experience, and um, it was undoubtedly a high point but you know i mean now we do it differently and um and you know we're excited to do it you know we're we're doing you know you have to find new reasons why you want to do it and and uh we're blessed yeah and you've got a ton of material now to draw on too and is there a certain is there a certain ratio of older familiar songs compared to the newer stuff that you'll play these days well i suppose there is a formula of sorts i mean we have cornerstone songs you know the songs that you know People would feel cheated if we didn't play. You know, right. we're going to play Ordinary World. We're going to play Rio. We're going to play Hungry Like a Wolf. Come Undone. You know, you build you build a show around those songs. You know, we're going to play a couple of songs from the new record because that's expressive of where we're at. You know, we're hoping that you know we hope that the audience doesn't use that as an opportunity for a bathroom break. Even <laughs> if they probably will. Uh-huh. Uh, then there's the songs in between that. There are songs that like maybe off big albums like Rio or the first album, you know, but perhaps songs that they haven't heard in a while that maybe weren't singles and, you know, that you could hit them with and they go, wow, that sounded amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you know, I think really we're just trying to keep ourselves entertained. You know, if it works for us, then it's probably going to work for most of the crowd. Well said. You know, I'll never forget the Reflex video, which was very cutting edge for its time. And there, you know, there appeared to be a wave of water coming off the screen. Uh-huh. And, and then it looked yeah. like it hit people in the front row, actual water. So was there a guy you yeah. had who was just throwing a bucket of water on people? I think that's roughly how it works. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we'd, we'd done a couple of videos that had gotten so conceptual and so far out there. And, uh, you know, we were touring. And the, the, the live experience for us that year was so off the charts. You know, the audiences were incredible, particularly on that American tour. And um, yeah. so when it came to the Reflex, which was the third video that, we, that we'd done of the songs from that, that album, 
we were like, can we just do something on stage? And, um, you know, credit, thankfully, the, the filmmakers, you know, gave it a really big conceptual, added this conceptual component to the, to the video. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's a keeper, that one. It's a great video. You guys were so far ahead of everyone else, it seemed like, during the MTV days, as far as your videos were concerned. Who were the creatives you were working with? Uh, because they look like little films. Yeah, well, I think we would, you know, we were first-generation video artists, you know, yeah. and so we didn't have to make any adjustments. You know, I mean, some, some of the artists that have been around for a while, Bowie, The Stones, Peter Gabriel, to different degrees, they, they made adjustments to come to terms with the video era. But for Duran, from day one, it was a thing. I mean, we didn't... It wasn't that we, we were really aware of it until our first single came out, our first single, Planet Earth. And, um, you know, we hadn't really thought about making videos, but it was suggested to us by uh, a gal at the record label who suggested it to our manager who went and met with a video director, Russell Mulcahy, who was living in London, an Australian guy, and little did we know that Russell was going to be one of the most important creative prime movers in, 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 the, in the language of music videos. And, um, and we connected with Russell like, it must have been like when the Beatles met George Martin. You yeah. know what I mean? We were like, we just became so uh, tight so quickly. And, and, and so we had, a, we had a relationship with Russell. I mean, Russell made the reflex. Um, we had a relationship with him that lasted about five years. And he really, he made all the, most of the significant videos Yep. for us and, and made a whole bunch of others and you know he was just uh, so he was the most important guy that we that we connected with he just got Duran Duran he got the band members and he uh, and he had had the imagination to put us you know to put us to, to put us in these situations and just let us go that it would be fun to watch John last November of course Duran Duran was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame some bands have, you know, mixed feelings depending on how long it took or whatever the situation was. What did that mean to you? It was great. I mean, I, I, I was so happy to be a part of it, you know. Um, I, I, as I say, it was it, people like us, we're outsiders. You know, we're not, you know, we get into music for a reason. You know, I'm not, you know, I, I'm a bit of an outsider. You know, and I, and I formed a band with a bunch of outsiders, you know. And while we're together, we feel like insiders. Uh-huh. And, you know, you go to an event like that and you see all these other outsiders, all these freaks, you know, <laughs> like Dolly Parton <laughs> and right. Eminem, right. you know, and the Eurythmics, you uh-huh. know, and Judas Priest. And you're like, they're all freaks, just <laughs> like us. <laughs> it's great. It's great. And you, and you just feel like you don't feel better than or less than. You just feel a part of this powerful, emotive kind of stream that is, that is music. And it's wonderful. It's a wonderful game to be in. I have to tell you, I loved the song Pressures Off, a collaboration you did huh. with Janelle Monet and your friend Nile Rogers. Yeah. You had to just love yeah. that. Oh, my God. Uh, well, you mentioned Janelle. I mean, I think out of all of the, um, the uh, sort of features we've had to, you know, privilege of working with i think that was that was one that really blew my mind i mean firstly when it was when it was suggested to me hey what do you think about janelle monet i was like there's no way she's going to want to sing on one of our songs uh-huh. and so <laughs> when she uh, when she agreed to do it I, cu- I couldn't believe it and um 
it was so it was so much fun and and getting it and she was so amazing and what she brought to the video was so amazing i've been so happy to watch her just explode i mean i remember when when her first album came out and we listened to that album in the uh, in the studio and um you know we were inspired by it back then i mean i think that that really made that song for me actually before I let you go, do you find yourself, after all these years, maybe you're a little more appreciative of events like the Queen's Platinum Jubilee concert or the Commonwealth Games as you've gone down the road a bit? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, you know, our early years, the band, we worked really hard, but things happened very, very quickly. You know, and it was hard to appreciate. It was hard to really appreciate it or even uh, believe it. You certainly think you were think you were worth it, you know. I mean, you mentioned the Commonwealth Games, which was an event that we did yeah. in our hometown. Maybe uh, many of the listeners might not know what the Commonwealth Games is. The British Commonwealth, uh, look it up, um, has its own kind of Olympics, if you like, every couple of years. Right. And, and last year it was in our hometown of Birmingham, and um, you know, and they asked us to open it, and so we, you know, we came up with a. It was kind of like doing the Hall of Fame. It's like, okay, so we've got to come up with this five-minute sort of medley, this kind of showcase, uh, which took us forever and a day to come up with what we were going to play. But finally, we came up with it, and we showed up for the rehearsals, which was in this stadium in our in our hometown. Yeah. The producer of the show comes down to us after we've done the, the music, after we've after we've practiced it, and said, "How do you guys feel about fireworks?" And uh, Simon and I were like, ah, you know, uh, I mean, maybe at the end. And he goes, okay, thanks. <laughs> well, anyway, what they'd done, what they planned to do was they, they, they had this firework, they had this firework show that ran pretty much throughout the entire performance that spanned the entire city. So, so with drone cameras, as we're playing, you're seeing this, the entire city kind of explode and, and go up in, 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 fire, in this firework display. Dude, I, I tell you, when I watched it back, I mean, I was in tears because yeah. it was like, I mean, there was no greater way of us paying tribute to our hometown or of our hometown paying tribute to us. It was absolutely remarkable. And, and um, you know, things like that. I mean, it, you know, you can't, you can't make it, you couldn't make it up. You know, we weren't even a part of it. It was like they just did it. <laughs> uh, right, right. How exciting. You're touring with Nile Rogers and Sheik and Bastille. It's John yeah. Taylor and Duran Duran coming to Las Vegas August 26th at the T-Mobile Arena. John, I really enjoyed this. Thanks so much. Thank you. You've got to see Nile. I mean, you've got to see Sheik as well. Unbelievable. Unbelievable you have to see that band. For sure. John, thank you. Thank you. You know, I've talked to a few British bands now who have performed at the Commonwealth Games, and you can just hear how much it means to them, and certainly John and Duran Duran. Well, that finishes this episode of the Fake Show Podcast. I'm Jim Tofty. Thanks so much for listening. As always, I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com. No!